It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. The first pick in the 2020 draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. And we told you not to worry about it for months, I think. I mean, we've never been worried, right, Joe? Never a doubt. No, never doubt at all. I mean, it's been Joe Burrow, it is Joe Burrow, and now it is officially Joe Burrow as quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, I couldn't be any more excited, Jake. I know the fan base agrees. I watched a fantastic video from our listener, Kasha, who I retweeted that video. You can go check that out on on Twitter. Uh, go follow her because she makes amazing videos. And that got me really hyped. Like, that's what I threw my hat. I'm screaming, let's go. But as we all knew, the Bengals picked Joe Burrow. We're going to talk about that for the next 15 minutes. And then we'll set the stage for round two, round three day two of the NFL draft after we have had enough time to just heap praise onto the Bengals new QB one Joe we've known for months that this was going to be the pick Tyler Dragon said in January the Bengals were zeroed in on Joe Burrow tweets in the last couple days from national reporters have said that the Bengals were never really entertaining offers Zach Taylor said once they decided that was their guy they weren't coming off that pick and despite Mike Florio's protests The Bengals have picked Joe Burrow, and he will be the quarterback of the future in Cincinnati, and it just feels so good for Bengals fans, doesn't it? It feels great, and I have to think their process, while ours is pared down and amateur, is very similar to ours. When we watched Joe Burrow, and this is in November, December, and then into January, we were very sure and very clear that he was quarterback one and the target for the Bengals, at least for us as fans. So I I think they probably quickly came to that conclusion and just like them and us we weren't we didn't want to entertain the idea of a trade at all for almost anything at any point in the last few months and it sounds like the Bengals felt the same way especially when other teams call want to offer more and more it just makes you realize what you have and what the Bengals had the opportunity to do and they did it today and capitalized on on the situation and kept off the tank job that was last year and we can forget about that and move forward with a new franchise quarterback Yeah, the Bengals have said over and over, it really sucked to get to this point. But now that we're here, we're going to make the most of it. And we're going to go forward with the way that we know the team can be best. And they sat there. And like you said, Joe, the other offers that they were getting, and they did receive offers, we we know that, were for the Bengals just affirmations that they were making the right choice of picking Joe Burrow. So I'm assuming they got some pretty staggering offers, right? And Zach Taylor said, 
you know, we got those offers and it just made us feel like our evaluation was right on. We saw tweets today saying that Miami sees Joe Burrow as the next Joe Montana. And that's why they were so aggressive in their moves. The rumors earlier on draft night were that Miami was trying to obtain three and five to offer a godfather offer to Cincinnati. But it sounds like the Bengals just weren't having it. Yeah, think about that. Someone calls you up and they want the piece you're in line to get. And they think it's the greatest or one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And they can convince you they have enough ammo to take you off that spot. There's there's none. There is no way in this world you ever come off that pick. And the more a team covets it, I feel the same way as Zach Taylor has mentioned a few times. Uh, keep upping that offer. It just makes me want to put the pick in earlier. And it sounds like Mike Brown sent a letter and a jersey welcoming Joe Burrow to the Bengals on Wednesday before the draft, uh, saying he looks forward to building championship teams with him over the next few years. And, uh, I mean, I, if that doesn't get you excited for the last just – uh, tip of the iceberg there of this final step in the process. Uh, I, I think it right there. I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's roll. I'm ready for this. What's funny to me about just the way that the rumors kept swirling. And it's really Mike Florio. He's really the only one that was kind of sticking to. He, he quadrupled down on his, oh, well, the Dolphins make a godfather offer. I won't be surprised if tonight on draft night we see, an article from PFT that says, well, the Bengals trade the rights to Joe Burrow. It's just when you know that the Bengals had sent him that letter, that they had sent him that jersey, and Florio still putting that out, it just kind of tells you how disconnected some of the national media is from the Bengals. If you listen to the local writers, though, if you listen to the Lockdown Bengals podcast, you would know that this has been the pick for months, and nothing was going to change. That Nothing did change that. Now the Bengals have got... For many evaluators, the best quarterback that's been drafted since Andrew Luck, he had the statistical greatest college football season of all time. He's PFF's most accurate passer in college football since they started charting college football. By most metrics, he's the best quarterback we've seen in years. And now, as he's treated, he's ready to get to work. And surprisingly, the draft hasn't been much weirder than what we expected in mid-January, early February so far. It's a... so that's the pick. There has been no real excitement as much as the media tried to create one. And the next 10 picks or so followed suit to what we pretty much expected for 2020. The most surprising thing, Henry Ruggs being the first receiver picked, I think, so far. That is the only surprise that we've seen 12, 14 picks into the first round. We have a really exciting future to look forward to, though, in Cincinnati. And Joe Burrow will be leading that charge. And Joe Burrow was at home today with his parents when he was selected by the Cincinnati Bengals. And on Twitter earlier today, he posted that he had some Buffalo Wild Wings delivered from his local restaurant. And if you want some Buffalo Wild Wings, you can call Postmates. Or not call, probably look up Postmates on your app and order some wings. If it's not food, you can get whatever you need from Walgreens, from 7-Eleven. If you need some socks, if you need some Advil, you can get what you need from Postmates. And that's what I need. I need some medicine. I'm going to might order that instead of uh, bother my wife. Maybe we drop off some medicine, drop off some delivery. I could use something greasy and fried right about now to enjoy Friday night's draft picks for the Bengals. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery for your first seven days on the app. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days on the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it. Postmate it. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the pick has been made as we expected with Joe Burrow. And while that's not a shocker, really much of the first round wasn't much of a shocker. We're recording this at this point. There's been 20 picks and the biggest shocker just happened. But we'll get there as we recap these and try and set the table for the next segment, which is really the excitement. I think we all have been looking forward to pick 33 for a long time now. If you've been on the borough train since January, like a lot of us, the biggest discussion has been pick 33 and where do the Bengals go at that spot, which will give us a lot to talk about on the next segment as, as this draft finishes up. And I think uh, that's definitely where I want to end up. So let's recap what's happened so far what's happening as we finish this segment, and really will get us on board with setting the table for 33. All right, so let's do a rundown here. Everything went as expected for most people for the first six picks of the draft for sure. Chase Young, Jeff Akuda, Andrew Thomas, who's a little bit surprising to me. I thought the Giants might go another direction there, but that's the correct pick, I think to take Andrew Thomas. I think he's the best tackle in the draft. The Dolphins don't have to trade up. They still get their quarterback in Tua Tungo-Vailoa. I'm a little disappointed. I wish they would have had to have traded up, or I wish they would have picked Justin Herbert for all the flack we've taken from some Miami fans. But they get their quarterback. Good for them. Hope he can stay healthy in the NFL. Then the Chargers pick the California kid, because Herbert's from California, right? And they get a West Coast guy to go play quarterback yep. and hopefully energize that fan base that desperately needs it. And then the Carolina Panthers picked Derek Brown at number seven. This one was a little bit surprising to me. Probably my least favorite pick so far. Mm-hmm. Joe, what do you think of these to this point? Well, nothing surprising there. I think that is my least favorite pick as well, being Derek Brown, because I don't think you get a lot of initial value for no tackles year one. So they, they probably don't get much of that. Um, but I also picked myself for our shadow team, number seven, Jake, I want to get your take on where you picked and who you took also, but I was number seven. I took Tristan Wirfs offensive tackle from Iowa. Yeah. I think that's a totally fine pick. He goes a little bit later. I picked up at number two and I decided that I'm going to give Dwayne Haskins another year, Joe. And so instead of going with the quarterback to Otungo Vailoa, I picked the, uh, most likely safest player in the draft in Chase Young. I think he can provide some immediate impact. And looking at the rest of the top 20 here, because we just had the 20th pick made, Caleb on Chase on, which another sigh of relief for Bengals fans and maybe setting up a Bengals trade back if one of the linebackers they like isn't available. But at number eight, Isaiah Simmons. And I absolutely love this pick for Arizona. They don't get a tackle. They don't get the offensive lineman that they need, but they get probably the best remaining defensive player in the draft according to our board joe he was the best defensive player in the draft but that's largely because chase young didn't test that's a real chess piece for them on defense and him and patrick peterson back there is kind of fun it's a lot of athleticism a lot of coverability in those two players the jags go cj henderson the browns get their tackle in jedrick wills and i don't care at all that doesn't bring any fear into my heart 
the Jets get Mekhi Becton, the massive giant from Louisville, and then the Raiders with a pretty mm-hmm. surprising pick. I think the second surprise to some degree of the night, I think we kind of thought Derek Brown would go early, but Henry Ruggs becomes the first wide receiver drafted out of Alabama to the Las Vegas Raiders, and, and we like Mike Mayock, generally speaking. We have not liked his first-round draft picks the last two years. Yeah, and we'll get to the other one that's even more baffling than this because I kind of expected the rugs rugs to go in this uh, range, but yeah, as for us, we've said about him before. He is super speedy, scored a lot of touchdowns, has really good hands, big hands, but the production just isn't there. If you were a number three receiver in college, you should probably project it. My favorite saying for draft time is the guy is who he is, and largely that's your role is indicative of who you are also. So if you're expecting him to come in and be your number one, I think the Raiders are going to be disappointed with that. That's why I wish they would have gone with Ruggs or Judy in the spot rather than, I'm, I'm sorry, Lamb or Judy rather than Ruggs in the spot because uh, I feel like those guys can handle more targets, more more um, of a load on the offense, and I think that's what they need most. So Raiders do what Raiders do, even though it's changed hands so many times now in the last few years, but they draft speed when they can. Yeah, I just... I'm with you. And, and the most interesting thing to me about Henry Ruggs is that he had a surprising lack of deep production at mm-hmm. Alabama. This is something that PFF has pointed out recently for all that speed. He did not win deep as often as you might expect. So he could go on to have a great career, but he had the profile of Tyreek Hill, who has worked out, but those guys don't typically work out. And that's why Tyreek Hill, among other reasons, was drafted in the fifth round. Now to Tampa, Tampa trades up one spot. They give up a fourth round pick to do so to just make sure they get the tackle that they want to protect Tom Brady. And they get Tristan Wurst from Iowa. Joe, you took him at seven. I think this is a fantastic pick. Our board really liked him. He has great athleticism, does everything you really want from a tackle. He took a big step forward this year, which might be why he's available until 13. But man, was he good for Iowa this year. Then San Francisco having traded back, I honestly am a little surprised by this selection. They really like picking defensive linemen, and they go Javon Kinlaw. Then Denver gets probably, arguably, the best receiver in the draft, Jerry Judy. That's a fun weapon to go with Cortland Sutton out there and Drew Locke at quarterback. Yeah, and the thing about Kinlaw to the 49ers is, remember, they got this pick from the Colts for trading away DeForest Buckner. So they basically just replaced him with a unknown that's cheaper, but they're up against the cap. So I guess I kind of get it. But man, they just keep investing in defensive linemen. And it was a strength of their team. So I get it why why they would do it. It's just a little scary uh, to, that they continue to do that. And I think they lack some weapons. They got another pick coming up. So we'll see what the 49ers do. For Jerry Judy of the Broncos, though, I really love it. The mm-hmm. thing about Judy is I didn't think he was a number one type guy. I thought he'd be a tremendous number two if you had a big X. It, for so for wherever team he goes, I want Judy in the slot. I want Judy as a Z receiver, and they go with Cortland Sutton, and I love that matchup. I love that pairing. I think that's perfect one two. Now we got the Broncos, who the last couple of years now have drafted Fant. Uh, they took Sutton the year before that. They've drafted Dalton Reisner. They like what they got out of Drew Locke. Now you add Jerry Judy. They got weapons there to start throwing the ball, and they have invested in running back this year, uh, signing Melvin Gordon in the offseason. So. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos take a big big jump and maybe they're talking about playoffs. They set up really nicely around Drew Locke and that will hopefully, for them, set up for success in the AFC West. That's a tough division, though, mm-hmm. with competing with Patrick Mahomes. Atlanta went next. They picked A.J. Terrell. He becomes the second corner picked in the draft, I believe. That 
Seems early, but we third. heard third quarter. Henderson went. CJ Henderson, of course, went number nine. Third quarter pick. Still early for AJ Terrell, according to probably the consensus, especially if you ask the evaluators. But some of the guys that like to predict things that have sources in the NFL were sort of on AJ Terrell to go mid first round. So we shouldn't be terribly surprised. Then Dallas, despite having a stable of offensive weapons, picked CD Lamb. And I feel like I was surprised by this pick, but this sort of it's a BPA pick, so I don't really I, I don't fault them for it, right? Getting CD Lamb at 17 is probably a fever dream for Jerry Jones to some degree. The next few picks, though, are not picks that we're very fond of. Miami goes Austin Jackson. The Raiders make their second pick of the first round and go Damon Arnett. And Jacksonville picks Caleb on Chason. Now, none of those guys are guys that we wanted at 33. So here is where we start to be a little bit pleased, particularly with Damon Arnett going in the first round. That is not a guy that was expected universally to go in the first round, whereas Chason, even though we didn't want him, and Austin Jackson, even though we didn't want him, were sort of expected by many to be in the first round. Yeah, I think we may have had the wide receiver run start to take off now. Um, you mentioned how the BPA pick for the Cowboys of C.D. Lamb, and he went a little bit later than I expected going 17, but when you look at that receiving core now of um, Michael Gallup, and then Cooper, and then now you add CeeDee Lamb. I mean, sign Dak Prescott right now. Give him $35 million a year, whatever it takes, because you guys are going to put up points, and in order to keep this together, you need that quarterback to, to do it. So they've invested heavily in those weapons now after giving a $100 million contract to Cooper. So I think when you look at this, it's no. It makes sense to me for them in terms of BPA. That's how you should draft. Worry about the other positions you need afterwards. But the thing I like about this, really the the kick off the second half of round one, there's four guys here that I did not want at 33, and that's A.J. Terrell, Austin Jackson, Damon Arnett, and Clavon Chason. And so to see them go, that's great. It means already we know there's going to be a handful of guys that are available at 33 that we want. Now, the pick that just came out as we're recording this is the Philadelphia Eagles at 21, taking TCU wide receiver Jalen Rager. Uh, Rager looks like John Ross, but with the ability to go up and make a play on the ball. Uh, great pick for them. I mean, they, they took J.J. Arcega-Whiteside last year. He's more of a big possession catch guy. Uh, Rager can go opposite of him and really open up the field by stretching the defense and helping the return game. So I really like that pick for them. I think that's a, a fair round one guy. The analytics loves Jalen Rager for his potential. Yeah, and I am surprised with the pick with Justin Jefferson still available in particular. I felt relatively convinced that he would be the fourth receiver chosen instead of Jalen Rager from TCU. Now remaining to pick in the first round, Minnesota, New England, New Orleans, Minnesota again, Miami again, Seattle, Baltimore, Tennessee, Green Bay, San Francisco, Kansas City. We will update you on those picks coming up next as we set the table for day two for the Bengals where they look to get a guy who has fallen out of round one and as Brian Callahan said, can start and contribute in year one. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
So we pick back up to see these final 10 picks before the Bengals are back on the clock at 33 and reset the board and look at the options to kick off day two. And I got to say, it ended up being a pretty good scenario for what we expected, Jake. Uh, of the three guys we did this week and, and said, maybe it's Patrick Queen, maybe it's Denzel Mims, maybe it's Josh Jones still there. The one guy who's not there is Queen. He goes to the Ravens at 28. But to recap those final 10 picks before we left you off, we got Justin Jefferson, wide receiver of LSU, going to the Vikings. Kenneth Murray, first linebacker off the board to the Chargers. Cesar Ruiz, you know we all liked him and would have been a good interior offensive lineman, goes to the Saints at 24. Brandon Ayuk follows. Wide receiver goes to the 49ers. And then the biggest surprise of this section is Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State, goes to the Packers to back up Aaron Rodgers and eventually supplant him, right? Jordan Brooks, the next linebacker to go, was not Patrick Queen. It was Brooks to the Seattle Seahawks at 27, followed by Queen, as we said. Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle from Georgia, to the Titans as they needed a right tackle. You got a big body blocking for the biggest running back in the league. The Dolphins come through with their last pick, their third pick of the first round, with Noah. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name because I've had enough fun with that. Jake, you give it a shot if you want. I'm good, but he played for Auburn, and yep. that was the first of two back-to-back corner picks. Jeff Gladney goes at 31 to the Minnesota Vikings. Absolutely loved that pick. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire rounds out the first round of the Kansas City Chiefs. Loved that pick, too, because the Chiefs, that's really all they need, right? I mean, they, there are very few needs on a stacked Super Bowl roster. They, they have some guys they could add on defense, I guess, but Edwards-Alaire with Patrick Mahomes and those in the speed they have, a wide receiver is a lot of fun. Really like the fit. But for the Bengals, things are looking good for day two of the draft. Paul Dana Jr. thinks that a trade back could be imminent here. But Denzel Mims is available. We have to think that they really like him. If they wanted to stick strictly BPA, I think that Christian Fulton has to be attractive in the second round. But Josh Jones is a guy that we've talked about. The guy that I mocked to the Bengals yesterday. And I would absolutely love that pick for the Bengals. He could play guard immediately, and he projects really well to tackle. He was very productive at Houston, and you can knock him for quality of competition if you like, but really good in those true pass sets as we talked about yesterday. And I would not be opposed at all to finding some protection for Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think the way the Bengals tried to trade up for offensive linemen last year in round two, to be able to be in position and not have to trade up and you get a guy that many projected to go round one still sitting there, they'd be fools to not draft Josh Jones. I think he should be target number one. We should be upset if they don't draft him. I really like him uh, not only as a tackle but as a guard. He played both of those at the Senior Bowl, and he kicked ass down there too in Alabama, and the Bengals got to see it firsthand. So I'm hoping that he is the pick and that uh, – you know, he's the guy for us at 33, but I do think there's others worth discussing. You've mentioned some of the others that I think make sense. I think Justin Matabike, interior defensive lineman from Texas A&M, can make sense to them. Do they want a five-tech that can kick inside and rush next to Atkins, maybe replace Atkins in two or three years? I think Matabike could be that one. Uh, I think also we got to talk about A.J. Epinesa. If we look back at how these guys were drafted in the first round, they were mostly drafted on how they were ranked before or around the combine time. And I think Epinesa now is picked or scheduled to go in the next probably five picks. So he's probably high on their board and probably going to be in the discussion. Yeah, I think Epinesa would be a very interesting pick for them. It's not like a glaring need on the roster, but he can play that five tech for the three, four base that they're going to. He can do some of the pure power rushing kind of stuff and he can kick inside with the size and power that he brings. 
I think LaVisca Chenault is another name that we could we could talk about here. Ezra Cleveland is another name that we could talk about here as a hyper-athletic tackle from Boise State. Chenault, a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, an offensive weapon to a large degree from Colorado. But, man, it's really hard to get past Denzel Mims and Josh Jones being the top two guys available. And for me, personally, if it's not either of those guys, the next tier is Christian Fulton, Jalen Johnson, Zach Bond. And then there's some of these other guys that you could talk about as well that could be fits from a positional perspective. But how many guys are here that we really feel comfortable with? Is there a guy that we feel strongly enough about to not trade back? I think the answer is yes, right? And and it's two guys, really. If it's Denzel Mims or if it's Josh Jones, we're very, very happy to not trade back and pull the trigger on one of those guys. With the guys that are available, I wouldn't want to go back, again, more than seven picks or so, 40 would really be as far as I would want to go to make sure I still get one of these guys that we see as a premium talent. Yeah, I agree with you completely. If they look at their board, now it's hard that we're looking at ours, but they may be, obviously have some differences in there. So if Mims or it's Jones for them, don't trade back. Take your guy and get your other first rounder because I think both those guys were mocked enough to go in the first round to, to warrant that grade. And I, I think even our grades warrant it. So uh, if it is a trade back scenario, cause those guys aren't at the top of their board and maybe it's Fulton or Bond or Hennessy or Jalen Johnson, I think you, we can start to list enough people, Matabike included, Ezra Cleveland even maybe, um, that are considered in that position where they feel like they can move six spots and pick up a third, fourth, whatever the case may be, wherever that pick is. Yeah, I think I could understand it at that point. So if they don't have clear-cut first-rounders available, which I think they probably do, um, then that's when the trade-back happens. If there is a clear-cut guy there, you just take him, and and that's what it is. I wouldn't be upset with a trade-back, I guess. I mean, no, I would be a little upset. I I want them to pick Josh Jones. Joe, who do you want them to pick right now? I mean, I can see them trading back and, and ending up with a Michael Pittman, a T. Higgins, a LaVisca Chenault, one of right. those receivers. I could see them trading back and drafting a, a linebacker potentially. But at this point, I mean, if you're thinking about Jordan Brooks after trading back in the second round, well, he went in the first round. So the linebacker options have thinned out a little bit for the guys we'd like in the second round. Who do you want them to take? What do you want them to do? I want them to take Josh Jones. I want them to protect Burrow. I want to add more premium talent to this offensive line that desperately needs it. Basically, the only guy with the premium talent on the O-line is a guy who missed all year last year. So I'd love to get another one in there and add it to it. I would also fist bump like fist pump like crazy if it was Denzel Mims because I think his tail is, is insane, and I'd love to, to pair him with Burrow. There's a couple sneaky ones. Like I, I don't know if you mentioned Xavier McKinney, but if they did take that, that's a guy that we were high on for a while. That's a guy we we even picked a few times on Mock Draft Monday yeah. at 33. So if if that happened, I'd go, okay, I get it. We got another yeah. guy here that I think can come down and play nickel linebacker too. Whether it's Sean uh, Williams or Vaughn Bell or Xavier McKinney, you've got athletes there for the middle of the field. So I wouldn't be against that at all. I think there are some picks that would um, make me not as happy, whether that's Logan Wilson at 33. While I like him, I'd rather get the value there at linebacker rather than um, target a position. I don't like Jordan Elliott as much as our grades suggest for that pick. We're, you know, if we're talking about five techs that could also play D tackle. Um, Marlon Davidson is another one that I think could fit. Other people have him ranked a little bit higher than we do, and he is in the Metabike class, so I, I would understand that also. Yeah, none of those names are very exciting to me when you're talking about Josh Jones and Denzel Mims as the alternatives. Exactly. I, I think that that is is definitely the way that I would want to go, but. 
I do not know if the Bengals are going to be on that same train. We've heard a wide range on Josh Jones from sources close to NFL teams in the first round all the way down to 75 for a floor for him. Christian Fulton is a guy I'm shocked is there in the second round. Denzel yeah. Mims, uh, not surprised actually at all that he's there in the second round. If I think that NFL teams are leaning into his tape quite a bit. He doesn't play quite like the athlete that he tested as because he tested as a crazy super elite athlete and he did not play at all like a crazy super elite athlete. I mentioned uh, during our live stream that, you know, maybe the Ravens see Denzel Mims as a big body guy who can make contested catches, but can't separate. Well, it's possible. That's just the way NFL sees him because if you watch him on tape, he, he doesn't play like the Calvin Johnson he tested like, right? He's not jumping out of the building all the time. He's not running by guys. He's not snapping off routes. But that being said, he has all the potential to do so. And at the Senior Bowl, he was getting separation that he didn't get during the right. regular season. And look at the receivers that are left. Which ones got drafted? The quick, fast ones, right? The ones that are left yeah. are Mims, Pittman, Brian Edwards, and so on. The, and even Chenault, the bigger body type guys that uh, went in different ways. And I think, obviously, teams value the speed. We know this. Bengals drafted John Ross, number nine. So I'm not surprised to see Mims still there at all. Plus, senior receivers tend to pan out less than junior receivers. You, you produce at a young age, it's a good thing. Uh, even though Mims has that profile, he stayed at Baylor for one more extra year. I still think he's worthy of the pick. I still think that if they took him, I'd be super excited about it. And I think there is definitely a clear divide here between Mims and Josh Jones. But having said that, I would be happy. Like you keep mentioning Christian Fulton. I'd be more than happy to have him. I'd be more than happy to have Zach Bond, who I thought they were going to take or projected for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if they come away with that, I'm going to say, okay, we're back to where we were in February. Where that's where we're projecting things. I think Bond has a lot of upside to his game still. Uh, but, yeah, there's looking at this, and we've got our board. You can find it. Jake's uh, tweeted it a couple times, and I have also – uh, anyone 78 and above, and there's still some 77 and a half guys that are rated here, like Xavier McKinney, that mm -hmm. I would take at that pick. So there's still a lot of players. Now, maybe that lends to a trade back. But to me, I see it as Josh Jones and Denzel yeah. Mims are clear cuts above. Because if you're not taking Josh Jones is the next guy as for Cleveland, I probably think he goes in the next six to eight picks. And then the, the drop-off hits at O-line, real yeah. bad. I mean, we already seen Cesar Ruiz go. We've already seen Isaiah Wilson go. People just this week were sending me mock drafts with Isaiah Wilson in the third round. You knew that wasn't happening, but that that lets you see right there where we're starting to dip into offensive tackle already. You're starting to go with these day-two guys because NFL really needs offensive linemen, and I think Josh Jones is a good one. Yeah, I think that I'm banging the table for Josh Jones. If, if yeah. I'm in the Bengals war room and I have a voice, I'm banging the table for Josh Jones. And the argument is easy. They badly need an offensive lineman. The fall off is steep. He's really good. He's not mm -hmm. quite the BPA pick, arguably. You can make an argument for those corners. You can make an argument for Denzel Mims. You can make an argument for Xavier McKinney. But the value, the positional value, the positional versatility, and the tape on Josh Jones are all really good. And yep. he, he fills a, an urgent need. And when you get all those things together, the only way they could possibly trade back is if they feel like he'll be there. But that's not a risk I want to take with the mm -hmm. fall off at offensive line at this point. And I, the difference between Jones and Cleveland is that I don't think Cleveland can play guard at all. You know, he's, he's 
a little bit too soft, a little bit too weak right now to play that position, where I think that's not an issue for Jones at all. And he did it at the Senior Bowl, so I, I think I could plug him in at right guard right now. Think of this offensive line. If Michael Jordan develops, if you can figure out a winner out of Hart and Fred Johnson, maybe it's Fred Johnson. But if you got Jonah, Michael Jordan, Hopkins, Josh Jones, and then maybe Fred Johnson beats out Bobby Hart, that could be a much improved offensive line very quickly with one pick here. Yeah. Uh, and so that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I think if you're hanging out in the live stream, thanks for doing so. That was fun. We're going to be doing that again tomorrow if conditions hold for health for both Joe and myself. More more so for Joe. I'm, I'm pretty okay. Don't worry about me. But uh, don't worry about Joe either, probably. He, he's been a trooper tonight. He's been fine. It's been fun. We got Joe Burrow. That was fun to celebrate. Go check out the, the hype videos on Twitter. Go bang the table for Josh Jones. Bang. And we'll see you tomorrow, Bengals fans. Enjoy your new QB1 and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.